Before we begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to the folks at Amazon Music for partnering with us on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. But more on this later. Right then, let's get right into today's episode. Take a deep breath, everyone. We're finally at the end. The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is here and it has been a grueling year with Max Verstappen winning. But guys, very quickly, before we get to all the good stuff, is Verstappen going to win again? I think so, yes. Let's just clear the air immediately. Yes, no. Quick. What do you yes, think, Anand? Yes. Yes? Yes? Absolutely, yes. He should. Okay, great. So that's enough of Max Verstappen because we've seen too much of him in 2023. Let's talk about the other <laughs> stuff on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Guys, this might be the first time in history. Uh, I know it's a very tricky stat to verify, but we might just have a watertight grid for the first time in history. Like every single driver racing in the Abu Dhabi GP this year is going to straight up be carried forward to next year. Same teams, same drivers. Nobody leaves, nobody goes out. It's just like Formula 1's budget cap rules. Uh, it's the... I don't know what to make of it. Normally, Abu Dhabi is a race of farewells, but for the first time in history, Kunal, no farewell in Abu Dhabi. Like it's it's odd. It's like why no? Well, for the first time in history, also, Samuel Arora has literally just confirmed that Logan Sargent is going to continue for Williams next year. Is he not? I know what you mean, Samuel. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, there is a there is a hint out there, uh-huh. right? uh and i'm 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 still not sure but let's see let's let's see how this plays so the hint is Mick Schumacher has signed up for the hypercar category in the world endurance championship with alpine for 2024 and he will continue to be mercedes's reserve driver next year right i think felipe drogovic is also confirming is also confirmed or is going to confirm a similar role for himself which means that i don't think there's anybody out there who is going to take Logan Sargent's seat, right? But having said that, if they wanted to confirm Sargent, they had the Las Vegas Grand Prix, the biggest American race in history ever and for history to come to confirm him if they wanted to. So could it be Theo Poshar who probably wins F2 and gets in? Could it be Frederick Weshti who's also trying to win F2 and maybe he gets a, a, gets a nod mm. as a Mercedes junior? Let's see. But I'm a bit bummed it's not Mick Schumacher back on the grid, honestly. Yeah. It's a bit strange. But I don't think 2024 will be the first year without any rookie Sundaram. Because knowing Red Bull and knowing the way things do tend to go, there's a good chance that either one of Isaac Hadjar or Jake Dennis or Yumu Iwasa or maybe even Liam Lawson might end up being on the grid. And by the way, three of those four names are going to be testing this weekend in FP1. In fact, Red Bull have two rookies in their car, so Verstappen and Perez. Both of them don't get to do FP1. That's just cool. That's good stuff. You know, guys, we're going too fast. We're taking this too fast. Let's take a short view to the past for a second. You know, before we go into Abu Dhabi, I I really want to look back and see how far we have come. Because it just feels like yesterday when we did our first event in Mumbai, our first live event. Mm-hmm. And just just seems like a couple of hours before we did our first um, live event in front of literally three hundred four hundred people, Somal, for the inaugural uh, I mean for the inaugural race this season, yeah. and we are 
finally down to the end of the season it feels a little bittersweet because in a way i'm glad that the season is finally ending we have we've had a couple of triple headers and double headers but the season's ending um, but lots of great memories lots of great screenings and interactions lots of great guests on the podcast firstly and i'm sure 2024 is going to be even better so yeah i've put it out there i <laughs> i'm very grateful for what we've done this year and now we can move on to abu dhabi Hey, no, but there are bigger things coming in Abu Dhabi as well. That's the best part. The fun doesn't stop because, folks, if in case you are in Mumbai or if you are in Pune, please make your way down to Mumbai for this event because on the 26th of November, there's going to be a grand inside line F1 pit stop for the first time in a few months. Finally, the entire band is in the city together <laughs> and it's going to be a ton of fun. Car social for the Abu Dhabi GP. There's going to be a really fun pre-race and post-race interaction including an F1 pit wall, a quiz, hopefully a virtual guest as well over there and also a very very special post-race chat where we just debrief the season not in a serious way just with drinks and just having a great deal of fun at Car Social which is always a great venue. So check out the link in the description for more on that. But it's going to be so much fun guys because normally we were all thinking okay will people turn up to watch Abu Dhabi? But for some reason, Sundaram, uh, the ticket sales have clearly reflected that people are willing to watch. And there are so many things to watch for. Like we mentioned, the rookies being one. The lack of a farewell probably not being the fun part, but maybe knowing that it's Logan's last race could be fun for some people. Uh, but, but also, uh, there is other things as well, like championship fights. E- even though it might seem inconsequential, there are genuinely <laughs> some big fights on the table here this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And that's what usually happens around the Bahrain Grand Prix and the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. These two seasons, these two races are the season openers and the season finales. And you always have people flocking in to the race or people flocking into screenings. And I hope that's what happens this weekend as well. But like you mentioned, quite a few things left in uh, the championship. So Ferrari and Mercedes are roughly four points away. Um, and McLaren and Aston Martin are roughly 11 points away. So still lots to play for in that sense. Aston Martin imagine if they have a brilliant weekend like last time out and McLaren have another sober sad one then they could actually take P4 Aston Martin when it seemed that everything was already sealed and done. Um but that's still out there and we have quite a few drivers Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, who else is there? Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris Lando fighting Norris, it out yeah. for P4. So lots to lots to still play for and like you said a bunch of drivers I mean how how many do we have 9 10 drivers participating in FP1 and I think Red Bull has two rookies 10 of them they're 10 going with them. two rookies and Red Bull's going with two rookies Jake Danish and Isaac Hajer yeah so Verstappen and Perez are literally going to put their feet up and probably have a beer in during FP1 Heineken no we should just invite them saying why don't you do a you know <laughs> Why don't you watch uh, an FP1 uh, live session with us and decode it? Because yes, know, one answer of one answer of Max Verstappen's that went viral in Las Vegas. Something I absolutely stand by was taking fans deeper into the sport and not just using entertainment as a plug, but using data, telling them what teams and drivers do on a weekend and bring them closer. right and that's what guys i know you're all planning to, planning to do with the f1 pit wall uh, that you'll have for the the race screening uh, event which means you will get to see live timing and somil and sundaram will be decoding the race not just the visuals on the screen but what is actually happening in uh, in the race through live timing data as well so that's something to look forward to and whoever said that all the battles are done actually just two teams are safe Uh, in in the constructors championship red bull obviously 
and Alpine, obviously, they're 100 points ahead and 100 points below and so on. That means eight teams could see their fortunes change yeah. this weekend. And the other, the other battle I'm looking forward to is for seventh place. The bottom four teams are in a battle, 16 points between Alpine, Alfa Tauri, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. And yes, it's the money, it's the pride, but it's also the momentum that, you know, teams will be wanting to take into the short winter period. Because I think literally today is the day there's 100 days to the start of 2024 what? Formula One season. Literally. Yeah. No, we, we, we need less. I mean, we have been... I know it's it's an incredible honor and privilege to cover Formula One. And honestly, if we had a choice, we'd just do this. But life comes in the way, Sundar. I mean, we're just people covering it from a media point of view. Imagine for all the mechanics and team principals and all the other people working in the sport day in, day out. 100 days only for then this whole circus to be back again? Uh, I know that's not meant to be the major talking point for Abu Dhabi, but still, that is scary, to say the least. It It is scary, and I really can't fathom what those people go through through an entire season. And probably... December is the only time that they get some really relaxed off time with their families because once it's January, then it's, we're getting closer to launch time. We have to uh, prepare the cars and everything. So all of that, you really get into the mode of Formula 1 January, February onwards towards end of January, actually. So people roughly have a couple of weeks to unwind and reset before the next season starts again. And that's the thing. We have so many races in a season. This is Next year is going to be the longest season ever, 24 races. And it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be very painful because just imagine sort of traveling and the jet lag and everything that these drivers and the teams go through. Um, even this week, for example, I mean, take, for example, the Alpha Tauri team, a team that's based out of Italy. They go all the way to the West Coast in USA for the Las Vegas Grand Prix, and then they fly out to Abu Dhabi. Imagine what they are probably feeling along with the rest of the people from UK as well. But yeah, it's not an easy sport. Clearly, clearly. But there are going to be a few people trying it out for the first time this time. And speaking of the winter break, folks, if you think that this podcast is going to be shut during the winter break, ah, you're uh, mistaken a little bit because the winter is when we're actually the most active. There's going to be lots of guests coming on the show because this is the time where we can actually get people free. So many drivers, many team principals, many commentators, journalists, we've got the list lined up. And we can't wait to share all of that and more with you. So if you think Formula One is done, it is done. But the Inside Line F1 podcast, I can't say never sleeps. Uh, Sundaram is the one who never sleeps here. I sleep for a few hours. <laughs> Kunal gets a decent bit as well. But uh, uh, we, we are going to have a lot of stuff going on in the winter. So stay tuned. But speaking of that whole discussion, Kunal, rookies. So Iwasa is one for Alpha Tauri. I'm very excited to see Jake Dennis, who's really impressed a lot in Formula E. So I want to see that sort of transfer storyline. Because obviously, being a Formula E nerd, I'm very curious to see what the lap times are like. But who else really excites you uh, from this list of rookies that we've got here this time? But By, by the way, Iwasa is for the post-season test oh. for Alpha Tauri. Because Alpha Tauri has done their rookie sessions oh, with, uh, with the two drivers. Yeah, with Lawson and with uh, Nick DeFries as well at the start of the year, right? Wait, but what? There's Frederick Wesch. Yeah, because Nick DeFries was not a rookie. Oh, when because he the rule started, says two uh, races, season. not one. Yeah. You need yeah, to have exactly. started two races, and DeFries had only done one at two that point. Two races. Oh, yeah. That's not, that's not. Another master stroke by the pit wall of Alpha Tauri. Okay, <laughs> jokes aside. But uh, you mentioned Jake Dennis and Isaac Harja, Red Bull Racing. So interesting. Two drivers. They have such a 
uh, they've had such a strong season. They can have both their drivers sit out of FP1. And by the way, Red Bull is one win away from equaling Williams' all-time wins in Formula 1. That's just how popular and successful they have been. And I know you said, Samuel, that... Uh, we're done talking about Max Verstappen. But let me just... I know you told rookies and this comes... The super rookie comes to my mind. Uh, before I go back to the rookies that we're talking, right? Max has had 18 wins this season. He, of course, is now equal with Sebastian Vettel. He has five more wins than any other driver in any other season. And five more than... Or three more than what he managed last year. Last year, he had 15 wins, Right. And here's one for Sundaram. Since the start of the 2022 season, Max Verstappen has won 33 races, which is more than what Fernando Alonso managed in 20 years in Formula One. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry to rub it in, but that's just where the stats <laughs> don't, stand. Don't throw that at me. Yeah. yeah. But, but. 50% of the drivers in FP1 are going to be rookies. They're going to be different than your usual drivers. They're Frederick Westy in Mercedes, Robert Schwartzman in Ferrari, Ooh. Jack Duhan in Alpine, Patricio Oward in McLaren, Felipe Drogovic in Aston Martin, Theo Pochard in Alfa Romeo, Oliver Behrman in Haas, and Zach O'Sullivan in Williams. You asked me who's the one I'm really excited about, and that's Oliver Behrman. He has gone fantastic in Formula 2 this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, even in Haas, when he did the FP1, I think a couple of races ago in Mexico, was it? He he went pretty well out there as well. Yeah. So I have a feeling that that's a driver to watch for. He is already a part of Ferrari's Driver Academy. Clearly, that's why he's doing the FP1 for Haas. Actually, Behrman will be fun. But also, uh, very quickly, because we have other points to talk about as well. I, I get a feeling that Felipe Drugovich will also be so much fun to watch for. For one simple thing, right? We knew that Aston Martin would have liked this guy to be a part of the team had it not been the top management interfering and saying, hey, get Lance in the car for Bahrain. Clearly, this guy is very good. His free practice times over there were actually pretty darn quick for someone in the Formula 1 car for the first time ever. So I'm just curious to see, right? When you add in the temperature delta that you need to adjust for, for between free practice one and two, when you account for the tyres as well, will he genuinely be faster than Lance Stroll? I know there's no direct comparison. You have to add in assumed time differences between tyre compounds and uh, track temperatures and ambient temperatures and all that stuff. But still, Felipe Drogovic and his performance, I think it's all black and white. Let's just wait and see. And if that's the reason why they're ending up losing P... What is it? P1, 2, 3... Five, isn't it, to, to Aston Martin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, is, if that's the reason why they're losing P5 to, uh, to, to, to McLaren, I think that'll be an interesting yeah. shot in the face for their team. I, I'm very curious to see how that plays out eventually, Sundaram. Don't make me bring out the stats about Lance Stroll and how, 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 much he, how well he's fared this year. But see, yeah. he, he's on a good run in the last couple of races, so I don't think so. We need to bash him at this point of time. I hope he puts in a spectacular performance to see uh, Aston Martin take fourth and then he can cement his place for 2024. Talking about Felipe Drogovic, I mean, the sort of circumstances that he came in for preseason testing and even ahead of the Bahrain Grand Prix, I think it was a very last-minute replacement. And I think people really didn't have any expectations from him, but he did really well in preseason testing. He kept it really clean. And as per the team, they gave he gave some very interesting and good inputs. So in that sense, I think there's a little bit more respect for Felipe Drogovic. And yeah, even I'm very excited to see what uh, he can do this weekend. 
Yeah. Wait, 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 uh-huh. wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. I am yet to come across ever in history a team down talking a rookie or a new driver saying we got bad inputs, the lap times yeah. were bad or whatever, <laughs> which which is all the PR stuff I would never fall for. Imagine, I mean, unless the payment has not been made somewhere, it's highly improbable. I mean, tell me one rookie, since we're talking of rookies not joining 2024, tell me one rookie that has been down talked by a team. That driver was shit. We'll never have him or her in the car. Nikita Mazepin, you know, I remember. Because I think... But never never a direct way to never say it. It was always yeah. competitive. It was always competitive. He's improving. He's showing succession and all that <laughs> stuff that we would get. Uh, I think Gunther said something that was along the lines of, it's a matter of time. Uh, he didn't mention a matter of time to what. <clears throat> I think it was a matter of time before they left rather than the lap times got faster. But that's just... But you're right about that. Yeah, no. I think uh, I've heard silence because when Mahavi Raghunathan also tested a Formula 1 car twice, there was no PR statement from Alfa Romeo ever. Uh, like, normally, they would say impressive testing or uh, great learning session but nothing came out. So I think that's the closest you can ever get to that. But folks, with that, let's go to a short break. We'll be back with a small message. Stay right here. Welcome back in, folks, to the Inside Line F1 podcast. Now, we have spoken a lot about what to watch for in Abu Dhabi, but we haven't told you who we are. So let's do that very, very quickly. Uh, let's try something different, folks. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the voice of the MotoGP Indian Grand Prix and also of the Indian Racing League on Star Sports. Another person with me who's also on the Indian Racing League crew is F1 Stats Crew. He's not just the official stats person for the Indian Racing League, but also a part of the WTF1 content creator pool. And yes, know of this guy called Crofty. Yeah, he got pretty famous last month uh, with the Abu Dhabi and the Las Vegas GP. He is also someone who really, really rates Sundaram stats very highly often. So that's him. And also Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team and an FIA accredited F1 journalist for the Viaplay Network. And on the studio this weekend, Kunal, what are you guys mostly interested to talk about? In a way, are you guys actually thinking about the history of Abu Dhabi? Because it feels odd, but this place has been around for a while now. Like what, 2009, 19, uh, four years after that? Almost 15 years now, almost. It is. It is the 15th year of Abu Dhabi. Can you imagine Abu Dhabi has been around for so long that we are talking of the history of Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Yeah. And, you know, usual circuits are the crown jewel, the fastest street circuit, the most extravagant street circuit, whatever Las Vegas you'd want to call it. Abu Dhabi also has the tag of the most expensive street circuit made ever. In 2009, they spent one point, not street, sorry, expensive circuit. There are so many street circuits, I just put the word in street. But thanks for catching that. Yeah, it's the most expensive circuit with $1.322 billion that was spent in 2009. And they came up with this, right? And the only thing we, well, two things that we remember Abu Dhabi for. What do you mean by they came up with it? Did you do the hand gesture while saying it? Yeah, well, yes, uh, we I did. Uh, but... <laughs> I think the tunnel is the one thing that we remembered and it's been 15 years of that pit exit tunnel that we've seen. I've always wondered what would happen, how would recovery happen if somebody crashed in the tunnel. I think there has been once where somebody did stop in the tunnel with an issue or, or something. I can't remember. But maybe was, it can dig- was it Vettel? I would never know, uh, right? No clue. I vaguely remember something. Yeah, I would have to check that. And yeah. then, 
and then of course they remember for 2021 every year when 2021 every year when abu dhabi grand prix comes uh people who want impressions on social media talk of the scandal in 2021 and you know sort of social media algorithms give that a lot of pick <laughs> but uh, the 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 yas marina circuit has 60000 fans if there are any abu dhabi fans listening to our show going to the race or not drop in a message say a hello Abu Dhabi is also frequently visited by Indian fans. If you are going, listening in, say a hello to us on social media. The motto of Abu Dhabi, this is this is cool stuff, right? Uh, of of the nation in itself is God, nation, precedent. Okay. Huh? I always thought it would be God, nation, king, but I don't know why they are precedent there. With an S or a C? S. The, what? <laughs> Not precedent, precedent. precedent. What? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that, honestly. But that's how long the season has been that all these random things are also fun to talk about. <laughs> because usually usually we would have spoken about what are the challenges in Abu Dhabi and we would have said tires because that's the tire. You need to get the tires working across different temperature ranges and bands and, and so on. And uh, we are not talking of tires as much because 15 years we've been talking of tires and we still will continue to do so. Actually, uh, we will not talk about liveries as well, strictly. No, we're not doing that anymore, right, Sundaram? We've we've seen too many livery changes. We've seen too many helmet changes. I think at this point, as, as you mentioned, right, there are some teams that should literally be stopped and we're not going to give them more free PR, clearly. Yes, please. I'm 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 done with liveries. I'm done uh, rating liveries. So I think people, these teams should rather invest in upgrades rather than in more liveries. Uh, but but coming back to the point of Abu Dhabi's history, I'll summarize. You, you didn't it mention in just a name. A you have lines. to mention Alfa Romeo. One second. I'm not going to let you go like this. We, Alfa we Romeo. Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Alfa Romeo. I mean, McLaren's upgrades quite clearly have been working so i can't fault them there but alfa romeo needs to stop with deliveries but yeah coming back to abu dhabi i'll, I'll summarize the history of the, of the track in a couple of lines the last eight races in abu dhabi have been won by the pole sitter that's more than what you see at monaco at what you see at monza so this is the true track where qualifying p1 or, or rather in the front row is very important because the last 10 races in abu dhabi have been won by the team taking pole position and there's been only one time in 14 years where a driver has won the race when starting lower than the front row, which was our favorite, Kimi Raikkonen in 2012, starting from P4. So that was probably what you can expect to see this weekend. Max Verstappen putting the car on P1 and then probably taking a Grand Slam along with it. The other piece of history that I want to talk about is about Ferrari. Because Abu Dhabi is Ferrari's bogey track. Mm -hmm. They've never taken pole position here. They've never won a race here. They've never started on the front row. And they've only led 12 laps in 14 races in Abu Dhabi. All this with and the Ferrari world in the background, Kunal. Exactly. Can yes. you imagine? The Ferrari <laughs> world is... is is The reason why Ferrari fans go to Abu Dhabi is the Ferrari world. They clearly don't go to see their team... Perform. They, if they get a pole, by the way, they've been going good in the pole in the races. If they get a pole, it'll be their two fiftieth pole in history of Formula One. Mm. Uh, and I think Charles Leclerc has outqualified signs in the last six races on the trot, which I think is very interesting because I think yeah, we know that Leclerc is either going to finish fourth or seventh in the drivers' championship. Can you believe That's that? How, 
Can you believe that, right? In, in a year, he literally went from, wait, was he P2 or P3 eventually last year? I'm assuming P2. Uh, but yeah, but he went from going to P2 to P8 in the championship within a year. Within a year, Kunal. I, that just, it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up, seriously. Well, a lot of things that Ferrari does doesn't add up to any one of us. But that's just how it, it goes. They are just happy to get pole position when they have to, if they need to, when they have, you know, and, and so on. But here, here's another thing. The other thing that drivers and Ferrari, Ferrari drivers have won is the driver of the day. Since Spa, it's only been a Ferrari or a McLaren driver who's won a driver of the day. And that's such a because Max has won all races but one. Yeah. But it's been a driver of the day who's a Ferrari or a McLaren driver, not even a Mercedes driver. Not even Lewis Hamilton is what I actually meant. But yeah. And uh, a couple of more things that I'm excited to see about this weekend is Checo Perez. He's lost a position on the last lap of the race for the last two races. Has he? Yeah, because Brazil yeah. was Fernando Alonso. And then uh, Las Vegas was Charles Leclerc. What will happen in Abu Dhabi? Let's see what that is. George Russell, I love how the Lewis Hamilton fan base has been playing up Russell's race finishes, being behind Lewis. I think it's uh, five times that Russell has finished ahead of Lewis and all the balance time it's been Lewis. But in qualifying, they've been head-to-head 11. So there will be a battle on Saturday, which the Mercedes drivers will settle, which will be the qualifying head-to-head battle. And since since I already mentioned something negative or not so good about Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso could finish in the top five in the Drivers' Championship uh, since finishing a runner-up in 2013. So this is going to be his best championship finish in 11 years or something like that. <laughs> It wasn't much of a competition in the years in the middle, very clearly. He's finally back on the podium. But on that uh, Alonso point, Sundaram, I really want to bring this up because McLaren versus Aston Martin, yes, it looks like a dead fight, but we saw what happened last time out in Las Vegas where even if you have a couple of mistakes in qualifying, you end up being in the wrong place at the wrong time in the race, you could end up losing out on so much. And that is the risk that McLaren run with so little. I think... If I'm not mistaken, the difference between the two of them is nine points for P4. Mercedes only four points ahead of Ferrari for P2. So the stakes are super high. But in this this whole little quadrant of sorts, right? I think as Kunal mentioned earlier, tire management is going to be so much fun. Ferrari, yes, this is their bogey track. But McLaren have been getting better at circuits just like these. Silverstone being one of them. And now that Abu Dhabi has more faster reprofiled corners in comparison to slower ones, Theoretically, I get a feeling they just might be up there. And this whole fight will be so much fun to watch in the middle. Exactly. I mean, Ferrari had great tyre degradation the last time out because the temperatures were a lot cooler. And that's why you could see Ferrari probably not enjoying that sort of tyre degradation this weekend. Uh, Similarly for McLaren, what caught them out was the the temperatures and also the fact that we had an extra long straight uh, in, in Las Vegas. And... The track characteristics also kind of suit McLaren in that sense. So you would expect it to be an interesting battle between McLaren and Aston Martin. I mean, ever since Fernando Alonso said there is nothing to fight for, for some reason, Lance Stroll goes P5 and P5. Probably that's all that he needed to hear. The pressure is lifted and he is, <laughs> he is, he's in his best form at this moment for some reason. So it's going to be a very interesting battle in that sense. And um, I think McLaren can... It, it'll be a, a track that kind of more suits them compared to what was there in Las Vegas. 
yeah, should be fun. Should be fun to watch that as well. And also the last couple of uh, battles in the driver's standings between Sainz and Alonso. Two heroes battling with each other. And also Norris, Leclerc and uh, Russell also being somewhat in there in the mix as well. So that should be interesting, Sundaram. Now, I, I just remembered right now. We said that there are no farewells. Uh-huh. There are two farewells, by the way. Alpha Tauri oh, and Alpha Romeo. Yeah. You won't see these two names. And Franz Dost. So you won't see these people or these names in the paddock next year. Since... Since you mentioned that we're going to have some guests in the offseason, I'm happy to just reveal we are in talks to get Franz Tost as a guest in the offseason. We have a confirmation from Otmar Safnauer, my former boss at Force India, that he's going to show up as well. And we're going to discuss a lot of his Force India memories. I'm saying this only 28 minutes into the show. But yes, there you know. We have Andrew Denford from F1 in schools, basically the F1 Academy, but for engineers and project managers and sponsorship managers in Formula One, a brilliant episode that's come out. And for all those who are big fans of Jensen Button and the Braun GP story, we have uh, Daryl Goodrich, who yes. basically was a producer and rather the director of the Braun GP story. Uh, he's he, he was there, actually. He recorded an episode with us yesterday, and that's what we will play out after Abu Dhabi. So, yes, interesting stories to look out for. But Franz Tost, what a career. And yes, he will have a great farewell send-off this weekend. And, you know, gentlemen, just before we close and before Samuel says, what are your predictions, boys? Uh, a quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we had the, the Las Vegas Grand Prix on a Saturday, right? If there was any race that actually needed a Saturday race as well, it was Abu Dhabi. Because still last year, Friday, Saturday was still the weekend in Abu Dhabi and not Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Oh, so, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Friday and Saturday is usually considered the weekend. Because of religious reasons in the Middle Eastern oh, countries, yeah. especially, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. So they should have had a Thursday, Friday, Saturday race weekend ever since rather than a Saturday, Sunday, for example. But yeah, yeah I we think go. they're changing it. No, I think there are, there are a couple. Yeah, of... it is now Saturday, Sunday. So it's. No, no, no. I, I mean, you know, the can calendar. you imagine Formula One is so big in you know, Abu Dhabi that they changed the weekend from Friday, Saturday <laughs> to Saturday, Sunday? No, no, but generally, I think uh, Formula One are going to race on Saturdays in 24 because if I'm not mistaken, they have to. Uh, is it just the Bahrain, the Saudi races, or also Qatar as well? Because they have to take care of, yeah. I think, the, the Ramzan holidays. So th- that's also going to happen more often, which is, I, I think it's good. You can party all night, watch the entire race, get drunk, get sloshed, and then wake up on a Sunday morning, not having to worry about work. And you can also talk about Formula One on a Sunday, which is brilliant, isn't it? So good for us. But no, okay, to the final point. Predictions. Uh, let's go uh, Let's go a little different this time, because obviously we don't want to go straight, right? Uh, Carlos Sainz is obviously going to be in my corner, but let's talk about predictions in terms of events, not in terms of who's going to finish where. I'm going to go first. Uh, there's going to be an absolutely failed attempt from Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricciardo to thank Franz Toss in his career. Both of them just cannot do emotional radio messages very well. So that is going to be one thing I'm watching for. What about you guys? That's a very specific one. So uh, I think you've taken quite a bit of time coming up with that. But I'm just yeah. going to say, um, I think we're going to see a first lap collision this time out. Uh, first corner, opening corner collision. You have to say between who? Who do you predict? No. Not Fernando Alonso, obviously. Uh, <laughs> He's not going to do a collision. He'll just spin out on his own. Sergio. 
He'll just be annoyed, but he's not going to do it this time. So maybe mm-hmm. Sergio Perez and Oscar Piastri. Oscar Piastri. Or, or maybe both the Aussies. Uh, Oscar Piastri and Danny Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these are wild predictions. No, I mean, I, I just I, support you on that. Sundaram, I support you on that. I know there is a hidden agenda for that. I support you on that. We, uh, Kunal, just, for all the non-cricketing nations, uh, yes, that's the India-Australia yes. cricketing rivalry at play out here on the inside line F1 part. I just think it's <laughs> going to be, uh, it's going to be Ferrari taking P2 to Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Spicy. And I wonder who the blame... I would blame love to hear Toto Wolf's co- comments after that. Yeah, exactly. Who, who does the blame go he's, to for that? Seriously. They, I mean, yeah, he's already virus. taken a dig on, the, on, on Michael Massey for this. But anyway. <laughs> but folks, that's all from us uh, for our last race preview episode of the year. We'll be back very, very soon with more preview episodes because F1 is just 100 days away after that. But there's going to be lots of special episodes on the podcast. Starting off firstly with the Abu Dhabi GP review on Monday. On Monday, I think it'll be because Kunal's flying out back to Mumbai where we are going to do lots of events as well. So watch out for that. Uh, as we mentioned, Franz Tost is coming. Otmar Safnau is going to be coming as well. Uh, Daryl Goodrich's stories, especially those on Jensen Button. They're going to be fantastic to listen to. So watch out for that as well. And a few more episodes coming up as well. But thank you so much for listening in, folks. We'll be back rather soon. And in case you like this episode, please, please support the podcast by A, subscribing to the Inside Line F1 podcast and B, sharing this episode with all your friends and family members who might like this as well. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast. Before we ended, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Amazon Music once again for partnering with us on this episode of the podcast.